miss my old friend I've come to talk with you again Because a vision softly creeping Left its seeds while I was sleeping And the vision that was planted in my brain Still remains within the sound of silence Restless dreams I walked alone Narrow streets of cobblestone Neath a halo of a street lamp I take my collar to the cold and damp When my eyes were stared By the flash of a neon light The slip of night And touch the sound Hello and welcome to a dismal, angsty, moody, sad episode of the Cheese Bros Podcast. It is dark and stormy outside. It's basically like the sad nap, but for an entire day. Because the Chiefs nearly got doubled up by the Buffalo Bills on primetime. And showed their butts to the entire nation. Mm. Exposed ourselves. We did. Jonathan, how are you feeling after uh, a drubbing at the hands of the Buffalo Bills? I would say that um, much like it is dark and stormy outside, it is dark and stormy in my heart right now. Feeling, feeling pretty rough. Yeah, all up in the feels today, for sure. It was, it was a pretty rough game. There's another game where it's terrible to lose one on a Saturday or Sunday night like that. Yeah, it's and the worst. Straight into the work week. It's pretty brutal. Yeah. Um, I think this is like, this felt like an OG Chiefs loss. Like, like this is what it used to feel like back in like the Matt Castle days or whatever, or, you know, Mm -hmm. whenever we had a a random assortment of goofballs playing quarterback for us. (laughs) It's like you'd lose and you'd be like, do those guys even know what they're doing? (laughs) What were they preparing for? And, you know, granted, we're not anywhere near like the Todd Haley, uh, Tyler Palco days. We got a, like a much brighter future than that, but like it just it feels that way. And what's what's interesting to me is that like for an entire generation of Chiefs fans, I don't know, maybe yourself included, because you weren't really around for the dark days. Oh, I was around. Yeah, I was just crazy. didn't care. You had the good sense not to pay attention to Chiefs football uh, at that point. I watched a decent amount of time about it, but go on. Yeah, it's like this kind of like not just heartbreaking loss. Like, oh, I had really high expectations and we were slightly let down. It's more like, oh, oh, this might not work out at all. That's kind of the feeling after this loss to me. How are you feeling? Yeah, it feels pretty bad. Um, so my take on it uh, is a bit of like, not to go full Colin Coward here, mm. but this this felt to me like, do you ever have a day mm-hmm. where something goes wrong and then another thing goes wrong and then a third thing goes wrong? It's all kind of like weird oddball stuff. Yeah. And then you're like, man, what is up with me today? Everything is going wrong. And then it kind of gets in your head a little bit. You get frustrated and then more stuff goes wrong. And then you spill some coffee on yourself. You, you know, forget about that meeting that you had at work or whatever. And just like, man, this is a terrible day. And the only thing that can make it better is just go home, go to bed and just start over. Yeah. Yeah. Just kind of um, cascading ineptitude. Yeah. 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 And mounts up on you. So I feel like that was kind of a good way to describe the game last night. Mm. Felt like everything that could have gone wrong did go wrong, and 
as a franchise, we need to go to bed and start over. It was the uh, the Murphy's Law, but we'll go ahead and adjust this for a football environment and call it the Sorensen's Law. Ooh, yeah. yeah. And just to be just to clarify, but I by start over, I don't mean like you know tear it down to the studs, <laughs> fire the coach, trade the quarterback, trade Mahomes to like the Packers or whatever. Start from scratch. But it does feel like this is going forward. This is going to be a crossroads in our season. Yeah. We're like, this could be the low point of our season, or this could be the beginning of the end of this season. It feels yeah. like that's the way it is for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for me too. So let's start getting in, into the specifics of uh, what went wrong. This was, you know, to, to this point in the season, we've been able to kind of give the offense a pass and then blame the defense for all the, all the problems. Not the turnover game, maybe, but this was like an example of the opposite of complementary football, which I'm going to call insultory football. Mm, yes. It's where both sides of the offense and defense are insulting each other because you know that the, the offense would be doing okay, get you know we get a lead and the defense would, would immediately in three plays give up a score, and then like after the first half and then like the start of the second half, like the three hour halftime, the defense started getting some stops and then the offense started turning the ball over. You know, yeah, for like the one quarter that the defense was finally able to pull its own head out of its collective butts. Mm-hmm. That's when the defense. That's when the offense just went to crap, and we could not get anything done. Yeah, it was rough. You know, this uh, this felt to me. So I've I've come accustomed to at least one game every year under Andy Reid. The Chiefs will just show up and look totally unprepared, completely out of sorts. It'll be kind of that day you talked about everything going wrong. That's been every game this year. Mostly, Honestly. I mean, the, we, the we beat the Eagles. But that's just because the talent disparity is so wide. And we beat the Browns on some some weird bouncing ball luck, you know? It's just like every time this this year, the Chiefs have just kind of showed up just looking totally out of sorts and unprepared. I don't understand how that happens five games in a row. Does it feel to you like this team just is not, I don't want to say not focused, but just not mentally prepared for playing football every Sunday? Yeah, it does. It kind of feels like um, they... It's interesting because they always talk about how they are. They know everyone's going to give them their best game, but then they show up kind of like expecting like their default going to win. Maybe that's the way they were used to it for so long. You know, we had that stretch last year where we beat everyone, pulled out the last second, and none of that's happening this year, except for against the Browns. Uh, so yeah, just it feels like I don't know if I could pinpoint any specific players, or you know, I don't know what's going on in the locker room. Well, but, I'm sure we're going to we're going to do plenty yeah, of that. Yeah. Um, it just kind of feels like there is a collective malaise over the Chiefs this year, I would say. It does feel that way. Yeah. All right. So let's get into speaking in broad terms, a little segment I like to call What Went Wrong? So let's start off with, let's start with offense or defense. Uh, I would like to start with the defense because I okay. think nearly everything went wrong with the defense. Everything went wrong. Everything. Okay. That, this, was, this, that was an easy segment. It's easy. Yeah, it's easy to identify the problem with the defense. It's the defense part. Everything. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the personnel, too slow. Too slow. Not yeah. enough talent. I identified that last week. Yeah. Uh, we're paying a whole lot of money to fast rushers who get no sacks. Yeah. Uh, the scheme is wrong. I personally, um, I think Spagnolo's scheme is outdated for the current NFL. Now, we're going to talk scheme a little bit more later, so I don't want to get too too deep into it, but it's based on sending a lot of pressure and getting a, a pocket passer off of their spot and doing that in a short window of time. 
Uh, just fill with the quarterbacks we've got these days who can move around, move the pocket, get out of the pocket, escape, maybe run four first down. That model doesn't work because what you end up with is six people rushing and five people covering, and five people cannot cover you know six different targets or whatever it is for eight, ten seconds, however long it takes for the play to develop. Yeah, I, I hear you on the scheme thing, but I would counter with I'm pretty sure the scheme is, does not include sending four pass rushers that get absolutely nowhere close to the quarterback. Yeah. And then also Dan Sorensen just forgetting how to play football every now and then. And that's the third thing is um, lack of execution, which is the strangest thing to me because this is not a new scheme. We are in year three of the Spagnuolo experience, I believe. Yep. And it's the most veteran players who are there for their veteran sagacity or whatever that are creating the biggest problems. It's guys like Anthony Hitchens and Dan Sorensen who are like supposed to be steadying presences. And they're doing the stupidest things on the field, like Dan Sorensen getting his eyes in the backfield whenever the tight end is going for a deep pass like behind him. Or Anthony Hitchens just turning completely the wrong way and running upfield on a play. That was a rough one. Yeah, for yeah. both, uh, I just said I wouldn't point out guys, but for both those guys, for, for Sorensen and for Hitchens, I'm just kind of like going full office space where it's like, what is it you'd say you do here, Anthony Hitchens? <laughs> what is, Dan Sorensen, what is it What is it you do here? Because like, I, I just have no idea why those guys are playing. Hitchens, I kind of understand, but we've already got like proto Hitchens in Nick Bolton, who's, yeah, he's not. He's about as good as Hitchens. He's, he has the same limitations, but at least he's younger. There's the chance he'll get better. Guys like Sorensen, I just don't understand why they're there because they can't execute the scheme. They are too slow to do it in the first place. And there's at least you know higher upside talent that are behind them. So well, okay, who's behind Dan Sorensen? Juan Thornhill. He's not really though because we every time that we run. Um, schemes where there would be or packages where there would be three safeties on the field, mm-hmm. those three safeties are going to be Matthew, Sorensen, and Thornton. Yeah. So even if we kind of switched, even if we like downgraded Dirty Dan to where he's out and we put in Thornhill, every time a third safety comes onto the field, which I looked it up, is around like 40 or 50% of the plays, yeah. he's still going to be out there. So okay. it's more of a question of him or, I don't know, like Armani Watts or whoever that fourth safety is. First off, I would gladly take 40% or 50% of snaps with Sorensen rather than 100% of snaps with Sorensen, which is what we're seeing right now. Second, I would rather see Armani Watts or DiCaprio Boodle or Guy off the street rather than Dan Sorensen. You know why? Because those other guys probably have the requisite athleticism to play in the NFL, where Dan Sorensen does not. I don't know, Andrew. We wouldn't want a total liability in our secondary. <laughs> yeah, it, that's the thing. It's like it can't get worse. It cannot get worse than what Swartz is doing out there. Yeah, what, what? there there is no situation. You can't have someone who's more of a dumbass. You cannot have someone who's got like slower and and more washed at this point in their career. I have no idea. Like I, like maybe yeah, if you put me out there, I'll probably be worse. But at least I I don't know. I'll I'll cost a lot less. Let's put it that way. It's just the strangest hill to die on to me for like Spagnolo to just be like we are so loyal to Dan Sorensen. We're going to keep running him out there. And that goes for a couple other vets as well. It goes for Hitchens. It goes for Neiman. It's like, why would you want to be so, I guess, stubborn is, is kind of the issue to me. You know, it feels like, like, like I'm just going to go down the ship with these guys rather than make adjustments to personnel or scheme. I don't understand it. Yeah. Um, it's pretty rough. 
it's it's a bummer to me that we don't have anyone in safety that we seem to be comfortable enough to plug in. I know like Armani Watts, he's pretty much a special teamer, but it does seem seem like a bit of like a roster mismanagement to not have anyone in that fourth safety spot. Well, yeah, this is there. this is what you get when you invest. Um, okay, Thornhill was like what a second round pick a couple years ago. Uh, Matthew was like a banner for agent signing. Other than that, we've invested nothing in the defensive backfield and like the defensive backs. We we got very lucky to get Legarius Need in like the fifth round or something. Other than that, it's just a bunch of like practice squad level Jags. And this is kind of what we're seeing. We all kind of, <laughs> when we're winning, it's okay. You know, whenever we, whenever we have the offense that can overcome the defense, we're all okay with, oh, haha, Brett Beach doesn't like to invest in the corner position. That's weird and quirky. And now it's like, oh, we have the worst pass defense in history. It's not as funny then. It's like someone's just clearly not doing their job. So yeah, yeah that's I why I don't have any counter arguments. That's why <laughs> the defense bad. is the problem. Yeah. A problem among many. Okay. Should we switch over to the offense now? Sure. Let's go. Who, who would you like to rant about on the offense? Uh, let's see. I don't know if I have anyone individual to rant about. It's more just like, you know, if you have one multiple turnover game, that looks a little sloppy, but it can be an anomaly. If you have two or three games where you turn the ball over four times, enforce none, that's just playing sloppy. I feel like this is like, this is becoming enough of a pattern where it's not just bad luck. It's teams not focused. Um, especially these, these weird bouncing balls through the hands of receivers. Like when that happens, that's a turnover on the wide receiver. Just consider that a fumble on the wide receiver. Whenever the ball bounces off their hands into the defender's hands. So like that was, that was a, that was a terrible play on Tyreek last night. And that was a perfect pass. It just went right through his hands. Like you could blame the rain. That's fine, I suppose. But the defensive back caught it. Yeah, the turnovers are becoming a major problem. Oh, freaking Byron Pringle, too, with a special teams turnover at the worst possible time. All right. Do we feel a little better now? Get, get yeah, all that is, out of our system? Listen, man, this rant's been building up since last night. So. Just a little, little cathartic uh, rambling there. <laughs> yeah. Let's see. What else on offense? Um, still seems like we can't run the ball very well. Um. It feels like the the roof defense is working pretty well against the Chiefs at this point. Like, take away the big play, because it feels like we are so reliant on that for our yardage and kind of our offensive identity. We don't seem to have the discipline to have long, sustained drives. That's becoming pretty obvious at this point. Like, we're committed to lots of dumb penalties. We're committed to lots of turnovers, lots of dumb drops. It's true, but against the Eagles, we did. Because the Eagles so... suck. It's not like we can't do that. It's just that we can't do that consistently. If you so can, far. if you can do it against bad teams, but not against good teams, that means you're an average team, and we should, like, like you said, recalibrate our expectations accordingly. They are a really good defense, though. The Bills. Oh yeah, don't get me wrong. The Bills are are probably the best team in the AFC at this point. But if if there's a team that is two scores better than us in the AFC, that means we're probably not going to go to Super Bowl. Spoiler. All right. Well, I'm feeling pretty low now. Yeah. I don't really know where to go from there. Um, what do we want to talk about next? What's uh, what's next on your list of things that went wrong? Um, so we, I want to do 
kind of the dual segment here of things that are a problem. Capital P. Yeah. So things that are a problem, and then um, five reasons why it's not as bad as it looks like it is right now. That would be nice if you could focus on small Yeah, and I don't know if it's probably not going to be um, five for each of those, but a number of things mm -hmm. that are a problem. So uh, on my notes here, under things that are a problem, I have defense, colon, everything. Which we covered. So yeah. that's pretty bad. Mm -hmm. Do you want to dig down to any like specifics on defensive issues? I mean, lack of athleticism across the board, I would say. It's probably a big issue. Um, we are absolutely incapable of getting a pass rush with four guys. Yeah. And even with five or six guys most of the time. That's me, like, if I were to point to two things that were our biggest issues on defense last night, and they're kind of correlated, um, number one would be the pass rush. It was sad watching us try to pass rush with just four dudes. It, you might as well have sent one, because, like, they would have gotten there as quickly. He had all of the time that he wanted back in there in the pocket, and any time he did get a bit of pass rush, he could just run for 15 yeah. to 20 yards. So that's a problem. Mm. Capital P. Problem. It's, it's pretty hard to win in the NFL when you can't rush the passer. Yeah. Um, so that's the one of the main issues. The other one that's also the reason I said it's correlated is it's huge, letting up huge plays in the secondary. Um, there were a couple times that that happened. I think like the two most glaring runs. Two most glaring ones were both of them when uh, Dirty Dan was in coverage. Or like not in coverage. Yeah, well, in coverage Dirty with quotation marks on it. On that side of the field, um, watching as some some like random Bills receiver ran 20 yards away from him. Yeah, the first one, I can't, I actually don't remember which one happened first, but one of them was he like went into his zone or coverage too late, was like faking that he was going to play the run and then ran back. And it, just got absolutely toasted by Stefan Diggs. It was a very good fake. He he sold it all right to the very end. Yeah, he sold it so well <laughs> that he actually wasn't in coverage. Um, and then the other one, which was, in my opinion, even more egregious, is he's covering Dawson Knox as he's running down the goal line. And Josh Allen's just about out of the play. And Dirty Dan just kind of stops. He just kind of thinks the play is over. Mm -hmm. The play is not over because no. you're playing Josh Allen. And he just chucks it like 60 yards or whatever down the sideline to Dawson Knox. And I believe that one went for a touchdown. Yeah. Yeah, if you could take like just all of the stats of like an, an amalgamated tight end opposing the Chiefs for like the Andy Reid era, that would, that would be like the best Hall, of, Hall of Fame tight end, like yeah. GOAT tight end. Best tight end that ever existed. Because the best tight end in the NFL is Travis Kelsey. The second best tight end in the league is whoever happens to be playing the Chiefs that week. You can extrapolate that to if you take like the offense that gets to play the Chiefs defense every week, mm -hmm. that team ends up looking like the greatest show on turf. Yep, exactly. So that's where we are right now. Um, so I, I highlighted those two against uh, Sorensen, but those were not the only ones. There were several others well, there was, across the board. There was no one that looked good. Let's put it that way. I think, like, I saw one Rashad Fenton pass breakup where I'm like, that was a good defensive play. And everyone else was nearly garbage the whole time. We had, okay, we had some decent run stuff, so that was about it. Had some decent run stuff from, like, Naughty in particular. I noticed a couple of times, of, like, ooh, that was a good run ball. Yeah. Did you, uh, did you notice Jerry Reed? Who? Jerry Reed. 
Yeah, I, I know. I know who he is. I was, being, I was being sarcastic. No, I did not notice him at all. He only yeah. he only was only playing like less than half the snaps, I think. So, which I get that he's a D lineman and we rotate those guys out. So that's not like he's not a starter. I think we had Wharton there quite a bit more than Reed, which kind of begs the question of why he's on the roster at all. All, all of those defensive linemen, we have like a four guys and they kind of rotate pretty evenly. Mm. But yeah, I. I thought Jaron Reed, was he not like supposed to be a pass rusher, similar to Chris well, Jones? Well, you know, the Seahawks could have released him, so maybe it's time to wonder why that happened. Yeah, I guess that's a good point. So no, I, in terms of like rushing the passer, I have not even seen him this year. Yeah. So that's a wonder. Um, I think it's, it's fair to wonder about what would have happened if Chris Jones was in there. But... Yeah. I think, for one, if he was in there, we wouldn't be like, oh, man, I can't wait for the Chiefs to beat the Bills. It would be more like we would be debating why is Chris Jones a defensive end instead of defensive tackle. We'd be back to that. Yeah, I don't I don't feel like the Chris Jones as a defensive end would, would be that much better than what we had in there. But even then, like, let's take – like, let's say the Rams defense, right? If, if Rams defense didn't have Aaron Donald, do you think they would have, like, a three-score drop-off because of that? No. 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 It's one position. And maybe maybe give him one score. You know? Yeah. So no, I'm not going to say like, oh, if we had Chris Jones in there, we would have won. I don't think it would have looked as bad, especially in the pass rush. Mm-hmm. I think maybe this game to me more said that look how bad it is when you don't have Chris Jones. <laughs> so yeah. maybe maybe appreciate Chris Jones when you do have him. That is like the one. So the, so the statistic out there is that the Chiefs are spending like half of their cap on defense, which seems insane given the talent discrepancy between the two and the production discrepancy. Chris Jones is like the one cap hit that I can justify. Like he's actually proven it. He can actually take over a game when he wants to, whenever he's in the right position. Guys like Frank Clark, Anthony Hitchens, I don't know who else is getting paid in that defense. Is he like the only good contract that we have on that side of the ball? Yes. Outside of I don't know if you want to include Honey Badger in there because he's kind of up for a new one. I mean he's he had a pretty the, handsome the one contract to start with. The one that he's currently on is fine. I'm yeah, happy with that. yeah. Ba- Badger to, and Chris Jones are okay. I want to extend it. Yeah. So, like, to me, it's Chris Jones and it's Honey Badger. And obviously, you got, like, guys like Legereus Need. They're on the rookie deal. Yeah. Outside of that, like, the major free agent signs we've had on that side of the bowl, atrocious. Yeah. And, and you know, it's, 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 again, if we win a Super Bowl, it's fine. But if we're losing this badly and have a historically bad defense, they're terrible cap situations. So I think Hitchens and Frank Clark both have to be gone for this year, right? Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah, I can't imagine any scenario. It's like we could get like, well, I would like to think that we could get like four decent starters for the money that we're paying those two. Yeah. So that's pretty bad. Also, real quick, I, I didn't play linebacker when I did play football, mm-hmm. but yeah. I'm pretty sure as a linebacker, when mm-hmm. you're defending the run, mm-hmm. you're supposed to run up and meet the running back at the line of scrimmage, right? I don't know, Jonathan. I watched the Chiefs football game last night, and <laughs> when I did, I saw them trying to backpedal and then catch the running back whenever they eventually came toward the running the line. Yeah, yeah, that is something that, like, it was bad in this game, but it's been bad for a very long time, where our linebackers are just sitting there and waiting for the play to come to them. Yeah. It's just, you got to go up. You got to move forward and go attack. You can't just sit back there. I know you're on defense, but it doesn't mean you're supposed to just sit there, you know, five yards behind the line of scrimmage and just wait for the ball carrier to reach you. Yeah, and this is this is a prime example of, you know, there's this debate raging among Chiefs fans about whether this is personnel 
or scheme related. You know, if this is on the players or on the coaches. To me, either way, it comes back to the coaches. Because either your scheme is garbage or you do not have your team ready to play and are not instilling the right level of discipline in your players. Like that, that's completely inexcusable. Hitchens is like a, like a seven-year bet at this point. Why can he not figure out how to fill? Yeah. I, I, I kind of understand with like Bolton or Willie Gay, who's like playing his first game. But like Hitchens and Neiman, they've been doing this for a long time. They did it last year. They did it the year before. That, that's, that's the biggest mystery of all. It's like, what the heck changed over the last like 12 to 14 or 12 to 24 months that made this defense so terrible? Yeah, I don't know. Because even in 2019, it wasn't this bad. Like, it it wasn't good, but it wasn't terrible. It's the same people. Uh, yeah, I'm at, a, I'm at a loss with words. I mean, like, I, I just can't believe that, like, bit players like Rashad Breland or Damian Wilson are so critical to this defense that it's, like, three scores different. I guess Kendall Fuller was that one little twig that was holding yeah. everything together. Should never let him get away. Yeah, uh, I, I don't know. I don't know, man. It's incredible. All right. Let's talk about the offense a little bit. Oh, wait. No, we already did that, didn't we? Um, no, we can, we, can, we can hang on some more. Okay, so... No, this actually... I was right. This is the one next one we want to talk about here. Yeah. The next... Things that are a problem. Yes. Offensive miscues and turnovers. Yeah. So basically just mental mistakes on offense. Mm-hmm. They seem to happen all the time to us. Yeah, you know how like we had that Super Bowl game where people just kept dropping passes left and right and turned the ball over, and it just looked like Travis Kelsey was off the whole night. You mean like last year? Yeah. You said do you, like. Do you, you remember said, that, like, that Super Bowl game? Like, do you remember that like, game? A dozen Super Bowl games of our many yes. Super Bowl appearances. Yes, I remember. You know, Super Bowl twenty-two. It felt like that level of uh, uh, poor execution on the offense to me, like most games, especially last night. Just like drops and what I'm going to call sets to the defense where we basically hit the ball with our hands up to where the, in, the defender can catch the ball. Yeah, we kind of tap past yeah, it. Yeah, here you go. I don't, I don't want to catch this, but maybe you do. Yeah, that was a brutal one. I think you already talked about it yeah. um, earlier, but the one where Hill just kind of mm-hmm. floop right through his fingers and then straight into the defender's hands for like, a pick six. And we've already kind of talked on the, on the turnovers, but the penalties. Uh, like weird de- offensive pass interference penalties. And I think Orlando Brown got flagged a couple times for holding last night. He was struggling. Yeah. He and, he and the Yang both were, they were struggling. Yeah. Um, the, the Frank Clark pass, uh, roughing the passer call. Mm-hmm. Well, I, we can all agree that the refs were bad last night. Yeah. The, Real ref, bad. the refs were bad. It wasn't even like all against the Chiefs. Like, it was just bad across the board. Poorly, poorly officiated game. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I I had texted you earlier in the day complaining about the rough in the passer calls. Mm-hmm. I hate the body weight rule. Body weight? Because it's, how are you supposed to tackle a quarterback and not land on it? Well, Jonathan, you're supposed to slow time and space down and make sure that you're able to get on one of your hands and roll off the quarterback before you... Uh, it's just... It's bizarre. Like, you can tackle, like, a, a dummy, like, a bag like that, but when, like, you know, the bolts are flying, so to speak, I don't know how in the world you expect guys to remember stuff like that. I think what it comes down to is the league doesn't really want quarterbacks to be sacked. Yeah, it's like, okay, do you, do you want to just put flags on them? Is that what you really want to do, Goodell? 
Just put some flags on them and yeah. put a flag football out there. Yeah, Roger. <sighs> yeah, I, I hate that. Yeah. I hate that. That was a, that was a like a backbreaking penalty too. Like we finally had him stopped there. Yeah, you, you know what was new this week, or at least seemed new to me in terms of offensive miscues. Uh, Mahomes just had like a handful of passes he straight up missed, like like dove in the dirt. Yeah. It, it, uh, was that a result of him being under pressure, or was he like hurt in a way none of us are privy to, or what? It it was a rough night for him. Yeah. Um, I'll. Don't get me wrong, I would be the last person to ever criticize Mahomes, but I think it's fair to say he he was off tonight. And we don't see that very often, but he was. Uh, there was like a number of passes, especially in the second half, that just went skipping along the ground. I had no idea what the purpose of those passes were. I don't know if those were supposed to be just like thrown away, thrown at the receiver's feet or what, but uh, that was pretty bad. The, I know like the game was pretty much over, but like the, the fumbled snap at the end yeah. That was a turnover. That was pretty bad. Um, how One of those interceptions, I'm not placing any of the blame on Mahomes because it was just Tyler just let the ball go right through his hands. What was yeah. the other interception? Oh, uh, yeah, that was where it was like deflected. It was, it was, it was yeah, a screen yeah. pass. It was deflected at the line, and the same guy caught it. It was an amazing defensive play, and you could chalk it up to luck, but it's just like this it's keeps uh, happening too often for us to say that it's luck. It, it was it was kind of fluky. I mean, it, I guess you could say it was a great play. He did just kind of, like, happen to swat his hand in the air at just the right time. Yeah. And then, like, also happened to hit it in just the right way to where he's able to catch it. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I guess you give him partial blame for that one. But, uh, yeah, it, it was a rough night for him. Yeah. I think um, there were lots of times where he... Like, his version of pocket presence, like we've been talking about Mahomes trying to have better pocket presence and trusting his offensive line not to get him sacked. When he does that, it feels like he's, like, looking downfield and seeing guys he wants to throw to, but then, like, at the last second, double-clutching and, like, holding back. And I can't figure if that's because coverage is so much better this year against him or if it's because, like, these are passes in the past. He would have just been like, YOLO, and chucks it. And now he's, like, trying to – he's a little bit in his head – Try not to create any turnovers because he knows the Chiefs' margin for victory is pretty slim. So maybe he's just like playing too tentative right now. What do you think? I don't think he's playing too tentative at all. I think it's completely the opposite. I think guys are just covered downfield. He can throw it to him. Yeah. I mean, this was an excellent uh, pass defense team. We said that going in. So mm-hmm. I don't think it's a surprise that there were plays where no one was open. Yeah. All right. Um, I'll give this next one to you. Playing tentatively. Well, we talked about just a little bit with Mahomes there. Um, it just feels like the Chiefs are playing a little bit, I don't want to say scared, but they're playing not to lose, and that's a great way to lose, whereas the, the teams the Chiefs are playing are like going for broke. Uh, that happens in the defense where you got guys backing up and trying to tackle the, the running back like eight yards behind the line of scrimmage. Or we have maybe Mahomes like not forcing the ball and kind of like taking a little chunk down plays. Or Well, okay, hold on now. Because... If he did that and pressed it, people would criticize him for that. We yeah. talked about the whole way you have to play against the defense when they're doing that is you have to take this double time. I mean, was this, was this better? We scored 20 points. No, it wasn't better, but that I'm not criticizing him for not taking enough plays downfield. It's like yeah. people are like, oh, they're playing deep. We've got to take the underneath stuff. And then he doesn't throw huge touchdown bombs. And people are like, well, why is he throwing the huge touchdown play? You, you can't criticize him for both things. Yeah. I don't know. Um, it just it just feels like the Chiefs 
are playing way too conservative right now to me on both sides of the ball. Okay, but you do understand that we just talked about how they need to play conservatively on offense. Uh, maybe. That's that's how you beat the defense whenever they're playing like that. They have played in those like super deep, deep safeties. They want you to try to force the big play because they're in a really good position to defend it. Okay, maybe like a, try the the shorter stuff a little more aggressively. I don't really know how to put it, but it just feels like this offense is a little bit too... If you want to say they're too, they were, they've been too reliant on like the big play in the past, then absolutely, I'll, I'll accept that. But whatever they're playing, the super deep safeties, you just you can't do that. Yeah, it just it just feels like this point where we're continuing to run the deep balls, but when it's not there, we're just doing checkdowns rather than trying for something else. So I, I just feel like there's no steam adjustment going on. Maybe that's maybe that's more the issue. All right. Um, don't know what's wrong. Yeah, I, every time that like Andy Reid gets up there and says they're going to look take a look at things, or the Spinello gets up there and says, oh, we just didn't execute, it makes me think that the Chiefs not only don't have the ability to change what's wrong, but don't have the ability to identify what's wrong. And that makes me really scared for the rest of the season. Like, I, I, I don't know what's wrong, but with these, these like non-answers and complete lack of change from week to week in terms of personnel, in terms of scheme, just rolling the same crap out there every week, Makes me think that they don't know what's wrong or are just like so stubborn with their scheme or the way they run this team that they won't change it. They'll just believe that this will change eventually and they'll get some lucky breaks. I don't know. I mean, I think they know what's wrong. I, I don't think it's that complex of thing like, oh, gee, I wonder why we lost that game. I think it's pretty obvious to them. It's just a matter of doing it. Why haven't they done it then? Why haven't they cut down the turnovers? Why haven't they improved execution? Why haven't they improved communication in the defensive backfield? It's not as easy as, oh, we need to improve communication. We'll just do that. Like, there's a huge difference between knowing what the problem is and getting it fixed. I, I it's just, not a one-to-one for I just, I have a familiar lack of faith in the coaching staff to make adjustments that will help improve this team. Including Andy Reid? Yes. Do you not think Andy Reid's a good coach? I think he's a good coach when things are going well. I think you thought he was a good coach when he won the Super Bowl, but you don't think I've he's never thought he's a good he, coach now. I've never thought he's been the type to like like make adjustments on the fly. I feel like he's just had a, a pretty good scheme to this point. And I think a lot of the the success we've had to this point has been on the back of Patrick Mahomes more than Reed. Hmm. All right. Disagree. Okay. Just write, mark me down for disagree on all that. But move on to the next one. League figure the Chiefs out. Yeah, okay. So, the Chiefs had a pretty amazing, like, sustained run of success for three seasons where we almost, you know, almost won Super Bowl, or almost made the Super Bowl, hosted the AFC Championship in 2018 in Kansas City. Did the same thing in 2019, made it to the Super Bowl, won Super Bowl. Did the same thing in 2020, made it to the Super Bowl, lost Super Bowl, right? So, it's three straight AFC games in Kansas City. Two Super Bowl appearances, one Super Bowl win, right? In today's NFL, that counts as like a very sustained run of success. Yeah. That caused the entire league, I think, especially the elite teams or the aspiring teams in the league, to change the way that they play. It changed the way they drafted. It changed the way they built their teams. You had a lot more teams that 
one, we're not okay with like, you know, caretaker quarterbacks or game manager quarterbacks. They went out and got like the playmaking quarterbacks, guys like Lamar or guys like Josh Allen. You had teams get way, way more aggressive on like fourth downs. You see that every week where fourth down is just like, that's a, that's a, that's an automatic go for it almost on nearly everything. Uh, you've got a way more like aggressive style of offense right now, I feel. Um, way more built around like this. Let's get the quarterback outside the pocket. Let's make them, let them make some out of structure, off platform throws. They're basically building their offenses kind of in like mini versions of the Chiefs, if that makes any sense. On the defensive side of the ball, you're definitely seeing the template beat the Chiefs. And this is not like, this isn't about time possession. It's not about grinding the clock and keeping Patrick Mahomes off of the field. This is more about we're going to take away the deep stuff and make them do like a dink and dunk offense down the field and assume they're not going to be disciplined enough. And that's been true. That's that's changing the way the defenses are played. And this is not necessarily just the Chiefs. It's probably just the proliferation of like heavy passing offenses that has taken over the NFL. But there's a formula to beat it now. And it's just really, really deep safeties, uh, fast move linebackers, and decent pass rushers with four guys. I feel like that's all happened. Like Teams like the Bills and the Chargers have made that adjustment in the AFC. And the Chiefs to this point have not made the right adjustments to counter that. I think that's that's the real question of whether this team can go from, you know, one Super Bowl and, and, and one run of success to like a dynasty over the course of Patrick Mahomes' career is can we handle the counterpunch? Can we handle the way the league changes to try to beat us? Because the entire league changed to try to beat the Chiefs. I really believe that. So if we can actually like go back to our West Coast roots and get really, really good and really, really disciplined, can I take a page, honestly, from like the Tom Brady Patriots where those just like the most disciplined team that could almost always go down the field and beat you whenever they needed to and have these long sustained drives? We can do that. And then on the defensive side of the ball, if we can, oh my gosh, just get back to average somehow. I don't know what's going on, but if we can make those two things happen, um, then we can probably start to actually win some games again. Probably have to start to have Super Bowl aspirations again. My real concern is that we cannot make that happen in the course of the season. I think we'll probably stick with what's what we've got for right now. It's going to allow us to beat some some good or like mediocre to bad teams throughout the rest of our relatively soft schedule. But then we'll get owned sometime in the playoffs. And I think this is more of like a 2022 season off season adjustment that we're going to have to make. Hmm. We're going to have to kind of rebuild the team to handle the way that teams are playing us now. That was a lot taken all at once. Um, I think I agree with your main premise that the leagues have been, or the ch- teams in the league have been changing uh, aspects of their roster and scheme to deal with really explosive offenses, namely the Chiefs. I mean, the Bills have said as much. They've said that their offense offseason was built around beating the Chiefs. Yeah. And it seems to have worked. Yeah. Um,. I will say, though, that do you remember when there was a template, quote-unquote, out there to beat the Chiefs about, you know, running the ball all the time and time of possession and keep Patrick Mahomes on the bench? Okay, yeah, no, no, that's that. No, hold on, let me finish. Let me finish. Okay, so there was that. Do you remember the time whenever there was a template to beat Mahomes that involved playing man coverage? Mm -hmm. And we just could not figure that out for a long time. Both of those templates never really worked consistently and we eventually figured them out and now nobody tried that against us. Mm-hmm. So in my mind, the way I view it, this this too high safety look that we're seeing all the time now, mm-hmm. I think that's just kind of the next thing the defense is going to try 
um, and eventually we're gonna have we're gonna have to prove that we can consistently beat it. Yeah, I just and it hasn't happened quite yet. I think you could say it did in the Eagles game against maybe a subpar defense. So I view it as something that the Chiefs will eventually have to figure out moving forward, and they haven't quite yet, but I think they will. Okay, yeah, they've definitely switched to the the roof defense versus man, right? Instead of man defense, it's it's more zone coverage, build the roof, limited big plays. I think the Chiefs have the offensive talent to overcome that in season. You are correct. My bigger concern is rather than trying to control time of possession and grind out the clock like all those Neanderthals were thinking last in previous years, you know. Now the 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 strategy is get a great quarterback, playmaking quarterback, let him run around. Let them throw to like five different receivers. The Chiefs do not have the defense to cover it. So basically, it's let's engage the Chiefs in a shootout. They can't hang because the defense sucks. That's my concern is that we do not have the schematic ability or even the personnel, if we did, to improve the defense enough to consistently beat good teams. Oh, okay. So you're you're talking about the defense now? Yeah, both. Yeah, it, it, it's, in, it's in both ways. I think I think people realized you can't run man defense, and you can't try to run the ball and control time possession to beat the Chiefs. This is the new iteration. The new iteration, and perfectly exemplified by the Chargers and the Bills, is beat the Chiefs in a shootout and try to limit big plays. So basically, create your own big plays, limit big plays, that's how you beat the Chiefs. And for the last couple of weeks, it's worked. Yeah, um, if they're trying to design their offenses around beating the Chiefs defense... That is, that is giving the Chiefs defense way too much credit. I don't think you really have to design a whole lot to do that. Yeah. But yeah, I see what you're saying there. Okay. Boy, I am just, we are just drowning in negativity in this podcast. Well, that's what happens let's, if you lose to, by two points. Let's to turn a, it around a little bit here. Yeah. Okay. Um, so in this segment, I like to call reasons why it's not as bad as it looks like it is right now. You might have to lead on this one. Yeah, I guess this is going to be my segment now, so and you just chill out for a bit. Okay, I want to ask you a question, and don't jump to conclusions about where I'm going with this. I just want to ask you, okay? Who do you think are the top four teams in the AFC, excluding the Chiefs? Whether or not you think that's necessary, but the top four teams in the AFC. Bills, Chargers, Raiders, sorry, hold on, Ravens, Browns. Okay. Would you like to guess how many of those teams the Chiefs have played already? All of them. All of them. Yep. Okay. Yeah, that is my point, is that these first five games, we didn't quite see it going into the season, but I think it's pretty clear now, this was a brutally difficult stretch for us. We've already played all of the really difficult teams in the AFC, <laughs> and all of our losses have come against teams that are probably playoff bound, and our legitimate Super Bowl contenders. And who were all super amped up to beat us. And who were all super amped up to beat us. It was, you know, their Super Bowl. Yeah. So my point is that you can look at our record and say, oh my gosh, it's the middle of October. We're two and three. We have a losing record. We're a bad football team. That's, yeah, that's what I do. That's where Andrew's at right now. Mm -hmm. However, where I'm at right now, and I think maybe the more correct way of looking at it is, Ooh, okay. we played really, really bad, really, really hard teams. Mm -hmm. And we lost some of those games, but it's going to get better because the the, the schedule is going to ease up in the back half here. Yeah, I think you're right. Honestly, I do. I think we're gonna we're gonna probably get back to a winning record. Um, we'll probably push for contention in the AFC West this year, based on the fact that we're going to be playing worse teams down the stretch. I'll agree. I'll agree with that. Reason right. for optimism. 
that was my main reason. It's just like our schedule has been really difficult. Mm-hmm. Okay, my next reason, it was raining. <laughs> Did it only rain when the Chiefs had the ball? Yes. Yes, it only rained on us. Um, don't know why, don't know how. Yeah, Jonathan, Jonathan, the Bible says that it rains on the righteous and the unrighteous. It rains on the Chiefs and the Raiders. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Way of saying that? Yeah, that, that's actually that's how you translate it in modern day. Yes, that's why they have to build a dome. Actually, the Raiders. That's why we play under the sunshine. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it was rainy. I mean, rainy game. What are you supposed to take from that, right? Sure. Uh, the next thing, um, everything that could go wrong did go wrong. And why is that a reason for optimism? Uh, it won't always go wrong. That's uh, that's an optimistic viewpoint. So yeah, my my point there is that like. There were, there seemed like in a normal game that you lose, there's like one or two plays that are like, oh man, that was a back-breaking play, right? Mm-hmm. It seemed like this game had like five or six plays where it's like, oh man, that was a back-breaking play. Yeah. yeah. It was the Mahomes pick six. It was the interception when we were down there in the red zone. It was when uh, Pringle fumbled the ball on the punt return or kick return. I can't remember which one it was. It was like the two massive touchdown plays from Allen. It was just time after time after time. We had these horrendous things happen to us. Yeah. Some of them a bit fluky. So, you know, the ball ball's not round. I will, I will, grant, you, I will grant you that this level of turnover bad luck and even defensive aptitude is unsustainably bad. As in, you know, your favorite word, regression, will kick in, but in a positive way for the Chiefs. Mm, positive regression. Yeah, from like it's kind of awesome absolutely terrible it. to pretty bad. That's that's how the defense looks this year. Yeah, another one. This is, this is a really simple one. Um, we didn't have Chris Jones, and this we didn't true. have Charvius Ward, our I think second best quarterback. Yeah. So you know, maybe get those guys back would be a little better. Mm-hmm. Um, and my last one is this is just kind of a truism in the NFL. I don't really have any supporting evidence, but I think most. Football people would agree with you. Mm -hmm. In the NFL, it's never as good as it looks, and it's never as bad as it looks. Mm -hmm. So you can have a team that looks like a just absolute world beater and then loses the week after. And you can have a team that looks like they are just dead in the water and they end up beating someone good the next week. So I guess my point is it can't possibly be this bad. (laughs) You know, uh, uh, yeah, you're right. I want to add my own point of optimism here. Oh, please a little, little bit of ray of sunshine from this side of the table. Um, the Chiefs are one of the youngest teams in the NFL. Yeah. We've got a brand new offensive line. Yeah. We've got some new offensive contributors this year and form like guys like, I don't know, Josh Gordon or Noah Gray or whatever. He's probably inactive. But on the defensive side of the ball, we talk about this being the same players and the same scheme. And that's true to a point, but this is the second year for Legereus Sneed. It's the first year for Nick Bolton. It's effectively the first year for Willie Gay. It is the first year for uh, our missing man, uh, Jaron Reed. So while guys like Sorensen and Hitchens, it doesn't make sense that they're sucking this bad uh, at this point in the Spagnuolo defense, there's still quite a bit of players who are still figuring out the defense. So like, if, I, if I've got any hope for improvement in the rest of the year, it is the fact that our younger or newer players will learn kind of that the, this will all mesh a little bit better toward the end of the year. Yeah, I don't or, know if it's enough. To, I don't know if it's enough to close the gap for the Bills or Chargers or any of these other early in the AFC teams, but it will improve. Yeah. Would you like to hear a weird stat I saw? Like we were um, 
looking at the box score. Yeah. The Chiefs' leading receiver in terms of uh, number of receptions and receiving yardage is Michael Harmon. Hey, McCall, moving the sticks. He had nine catches. That's actually hard. That? That's, that's hard to believe. I guess I was just like so caught up in like this is a disaster. I didn't even notice that like very quietly in the background by himself, mm-hmm. Nicole Hartman was having like one of the best games of his career. So Nicole's, he's over here fiddling while Rome burns. Yeah, I yeah. guess so. I did think he had like a killer third down drop though. So. Oh, he did. It was on fourth down, <laughs> but fortunately they roughed the pat. So ah, roughing the pat can't do that. Yeah. So there was that. Um, are you ready for some blame balls? Oh, heck yeah. I've been holding them all for like 24 hours now. I feel like we've got like one of those giant nets full of blame balls to throw out here. Yeah. And I think we probably ought to just take Dan Sorensen off the table because he's like earned like a oh, no, no. perma career blame ball in no, my mind. Let me give him a blame. Okay. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. So I've been one of the few people in Kansas City that hasn't been just actually trashing his name the last couple of weeks. It's true. You've been defending him. You're okay. Uh, Sorensen truther. Defending might be a little bit too aggressive. I would say. You know, saying that he's not the only problem maybe is where my stance was. Okay, that's true. He is a massive liability right now on defense. Just like the way he got posterized last week, I don't know how you roll him back out there next week. It is one of those things where it's like, if yeah, if he's out there next week, it's just like, man, what are we doing here? Is there no one else that can play yeah. safety for us. Yeah, you can't you can't have Dan play all your snaps next week and tell me that you're making defensive adjustments. I feel like we could go sign some veteran safety that wasn't good enough to make a roster yeah. and plug him in like tomorrow, and that would be better. Yeah, like find some retired defensive back. Because it, it literally could not be worse. Like we joked about how it couldn't be worse. It literally could not be worse. No. So yeah, that's that's got to change. Um. So, yeah, Dirty Dan gets my blame ball. Yeah. Um, I will give mine to Anthony Hitchens mm-hmm. for uh, not being very good, but also he's very slow. I feel like Anthony Hitchens' problem is that he is built to be a great linebacker in, like, the year 1990. Yeah. When it was, like, running the ball, like, you know, 67% of the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's just he's, – he's not built for the modern NFL as a linebacker. Yeah, and it's not really his fault. And you know, that he's slow, but he kind of is, and we need to move on. He's a different kind of slow. Like I remember whenever Derek Johnson was in like in full decline, and you could see that he, you know, he was he was smart enough and instinctual enough of a player that he could get himself in the right position most of the time. But there were plays, pretty crucial plays, where he would like you could tell he knew where to go, but he couldn't get there in time, and it was kind of sad. With Hitchens, like he is too slow to get there, but he also doesn't seem to know where he should be. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, it's like, what's the redeeming quality here? This, this to me is the the single biggest swing and miss of the Brett Beach era, because with Watkins, the talent was there, it just wasn't the availability. With Frank Clark, you could argue it's the same thing. The talent's there, it just wasn't the consistency. Whether that's you know him being hurt or him not really being up for the regular season, whatever. Hitchens, it's just like. I don't know how you miss that evaluation that point. It's like, this is who he is. This is who he's always been. At this point, it's not even on Hitchens. It's, it's on our front office for continuing to roll with him. And well, I and, you, can say, and, you can say that they brought in Bolton to basically replace Hitchens. They did. So the, the, the fix is already there. Um, the way the Hitchens contract was structured, there was no option to cut him before this year. So yeah, it wouldn't have really this, this, die, this die was cast a long time ago. 
Um, I think my bigger issue is like, and this goes for, you know, this, this everyone's favorite stat about how the Chiefs defense is 50% of the cap. That's probably because of Clark and Hitchens, mostly. And those two, combined with Sammy Watkins, form the like the mad money spend before the Mahomes contract kicked in. And I think we've got this one year here where I don't I don't actually know what Mahomes cap hit is this year, but I think like the big money's starting to kick in. But you've also got massive, massive backloaded contract hits from Frank Clark and from uh, Anthony Hitchens. So it's like this is a problem that's going to solve itself over the offseason. We're going to see a right size and we're going to have money free up and we can spend other places in the defense. Um, you just hope that they'll make better decisions, you know, with that free agent money over this offseason than what they did two years ago with these guys. Mm-hmm. So here's a question for you. Uh, we talked about how Hitchens isn't really built for the modern NFL and mm-hmm. he's just too dang slow. Yeah. Uh, what do you think about Bolton? Is he like does he fall in the same category? Um, I don't yeah. wanna, I don't want to hate on him. I know he's a rookie, but there's also been plays where I see him and I'm like, ooh, that guy's pretty slow too. I think that and again, I, I feel like Spag's scheme is outdated, but in the four three, you have a Mike Sam and Will Linebacker, right? I think that Bolton is a Mike or Sam type. Like he's he's good enough to be good in run support if he's got the discipline, and he doesn't yet because he's a rookie, and I understand that. And I'm I'm counting on him getting better throughout the year and throughout his career. I think if you have a good will linebacker in the form of Willie Gay at full strength and you know full midseason form, you're okay. So if, if next year we come out and Mike, you know Nick Bolton's the Mike and uh, Willie Gay is the Will and someone else is the Sam because we barely ever have a Sam on the field, I'm okay with it. I don't think it's good to have Hitchens and Bolton out there because what you've got is two very slow players who are trying to play run defense but can't because they're either too stupid or too young to know where they're supposed to be and no coverage linebackers at all. And that's a recipe for disaster in modern NFL. So it sounds like basically what you're saying is you can have one guy like that that's designed to stop the run, but you can't have two. You can't, no. Basically what we've got is uh, is Hitchens and younger, less experienced Hitchens. Yeah, it, it killed me to see like the way the Chiefs linebackers play versus the way that the Bills linebackers play, who are all like, Super fast and athletic dudes, yeah. Get to the ball carrier, they've got like three um, of what we hope Willie Gay becomes someday. Yeah, that, that was tough, yeah. It was tough to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, any, any thoughts on Josh Allen? I told you he was really good. Uh, you know, there, there were points during the game where it seemed like the Chiefs had him flustered. Yeah, we, we frazzled him a little bit. It looked a little bit like, like our previous interactions with Josh Allen. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's. He's an amazing athlete. Like his his ability to run whenever things break down, or you know, just got a freaking rocket arm. Um, He's really tall too. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how they lost the Steelers this year. It was mirage week. If I am uh, if I am handicapping the season as an obje- like a objective fan with no homerism at all, I'd probably say the like the Bills were in 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 the catbird seat for the AFC. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's fair to say that right now. Um, now, I think it is interesting. Of the quarterbacks we've listed here, like Lamar, um, Josh Allen, and Justin Herbert, all of them were in that honeymoon period where they're, they're rookie quarterbacks on a rookie deal. So it'll be interesting to see what happens whenever they're in the same position the Chiefs are now, essentially, with Mahomes, where you've got to pay them big money. Can you build the roster around them? Can you maintain the roster around them? 
Um, whenever, whenever you're so, yeah, each of those teams, honestly, except for the Ravens, the Ravens are just amazing at drafting. But both the Chargers and the Bills had sustained like losing seasons to build up pretty amazing players. Right, they had very good draft classes, and they had a lot of money to play with because they've got rookie quarterbacks. I don't know if the same thing is going to be true for them whenever they have to uh, play first-place schedules, for instance. And yes, I'm including the Los Angeles Chargers as a first-place schedule because I think they're going to win the division. Um, and whenever they don't have all of the cap space because they're having to pay $40 million a year to the quarterbacks. We'll see. I think the, the Chiefs are a little bit ahead of the curve from the, both of those teams in terms of like maturing as a elite team. Hey, neither of those teams have won the Super Bowl yet. They haven't. I'm a total rings analysis over here. Yeah. One ring, zero rings. Chiefs mm-hmm. are still better. It's the Trump card. Yeah. All right. I guess to kind of close out our podcast here, we'll, we'll talk a lot more about um, the Washington preview. And uh, I guess we'll do a little around the AFC this time mm-hmm. and our Thursday night slash Friday morning podcast. But two things as we kind of close out here. Um, first one, this is one we could discuss for a while. I just want to pose the question. I think it's a legitimate question. Do we as fans need to recalibrate our expectations for the Chiefs this year? And I'll let you have the floor okay. first. Uh, I would say in terms of this year, yes. This year yeah. is, the, is the question. Um, based on this point in the season, I do not think the Chiefs are Super Bowl contenders. Yeah. Um, I think you just saw, like you pointed out, they just played the best teams in the AFC, right? Yeah. We, we saw what we needed to see from that. And that's that they, you know, they might win one game again, like occasionally, randomly, but they're not ready to, they're not, they're not in position to play the best teams in the AFC this year. Just not. Maybe they, maybe they will be by the time this, you know, the playoffs come around. Maybe there's a major amount of growth that will happen. They'll be able to dig deep and overcome adversity. But we, we just we, we don't have to ask what it'll be like whenever they're playing the Ravens or the Bills or the Chargers because we just saw it. It was not great. Um, I think the Chiefs will probably win most of the, I mean most of the rest of their games. I think they'll have a winning record. I think they probably make one of the wild cards because it's incredibly easy to make a wild card these days in the NFL. Um, I think. The, I think the best case scenario is they win one playoff game, and the worst case is that they just get rolled in the first game of the playoffs because they're like the fifth seed and they're playing the Bills. Honestly, that's probably what's going to happen. So I, I think we need to. We're, we're going to see over the next twelve games. I got that weird math now. We're going to see the Chiefs like come back quite a bit. Like they're going to bounce back and play well against four teams and get a feet under them. And that's all great. We need to build a little momentum. But what we, what we need to remember is we just saw them play the class of the AFC and it was terrible. And that's what's going to happen in the playoffs. So I, I, I kind of don't want to, I don't want to, even if the Chiefs get on like a run here, I'm not ready to say they're Super Bowl contenders again for this season. That's like my, my season outlook is uh, maybe, maybe, maybe one playoff win. So it sounds like, just to summarize real quick, you yeah. think even getting to the Super Bowl is out of, out of reach now? Based on what I'm seeing, yeah, honestly. I just think the defense is that terrible and the offense is that inconsistent. Okay. 
my turn to answer the question. Okay, go for it. And no surprise here, I'm going to take a little more optimistic approach. I think entering the season, our goal was to win the division, get the first seed, get to the Super Bowl, win the Super Bowl, right? That's the uh, yeah. whole thing. That's a, about as good as it pops. Yeah. And not like, you know, some of these teams say, like, what's the goal of the season? Like, oh, win the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. They never they don't really mean it. But, like, yeah. legitimately, I think that was reasonable to expect, right? Yeah. I think winning the first seed in the AFC is probably out of reach now. I think that ship has probably sailed. And the issue is that the Chiefs, we just don't control our destiny in that regard anymore. Yeah, we've already lost like, nearly all the time. Because, all yeah, we've lost a bunch of tiebreakers. Um, one of these other teams, the Ravens, the Chargers, the Bills, is going to go on a crazy run and end up only losing like two or three games. So I think that's probably beyond reach. So to me, in my mind, our kind of goal for right now for the regular season should be to win the division. Now, it's going to be uphill sledding because the Chargers are like two and a half games up on us right now. They have the tiebreaker and two games better schedule-wise. So it's going to be difficult. And again, we don't really control our own destiny, but I think it's still possible. We're going to need the Chargers to drop a few games, which I think can happen. They played the Bills today and they very nearly lost that game. So I think I think the A winning the AFC is still in play in my mind, but mm-hmm. it's going to be uphill sledding here. Yeah, and in terms of the Super Bowl, I think we could still get to and win the Super Bowl, but we need a couple of things to go right. So just real quick, a few things we need to go right. One, we need to figure things out on offense. We need to like stop making miscues and mistakes on that side of the ball. Mm-hmm. The talent's still there. We still have Mahomes. We still have Andy Reid. I think they'll figure it out on that side of the ball. The defense is more what concerns me. And I I think in order to get to and win the Super Bowl, you need the defense to at least get up to close to average. Yeah. Which I know it's really hard after these first five games to imagine a scenario where that can happen. I think it's still possible. Well, they've done it before. I'm not going to say it's likely, but I think it's possible. They've done it before with the same personnel and with the same coach. Yes. So they can just figure out whatever bugs in the system – I think it's possible. I just don't really believe in their ability to do that. Part of me, the more optimistic side, says that like 2019 Chiefs defense that was playing really well in the playoffs, mm-hmm. they didn't really get going until halfway through the season. The more pessimistic side of me says that that was because it was the first year that Spags was here. Yeah. They were learning the scheme. They shouldn't really be having issues like that now. So I'm of, I, I'm of two minds. I wouldn't say I'm optimistic. Definitely not optimistic with the defense, but I think improving to the point where they're at least average is still possible. Not likely, but possible. Yeah. All right. If I if I pump as much sunshine into the rest of the season as I can, um, I still don't see the Chiefs catching the Chargers. I think that's going to be a very very tall order. Um, well, I think I'm not convinced it's going to be the Chargers, but we can we'll get into that later. I think. The Chiefs' best chance for making it to the Super Bowl this year is if we get in with a wild card and we experience all of that growth in within you know new players to the scheme. Like we've been thinking, if they can make some adjustments and if they can make some personnel adjustments, like like we're talking like Dan Sorensen. Just just man, I think you improve like two wins over the season if you just get Dan Sorensen the heck out of there. Yeah, it doesn't even have to be like signing free agents, just like in-house personnel yeah. adjustments. Yeah, I mean, like 10 guys or something, I don't care. 
Um, but if, if we can get really healthy and get some momentum heading into the wild card game, I could see us being that, like that like fourth or fifth seed or, or sixth seed, I guess now, because there's two wild cards um, or three wild cards now, right? Yeah. Three yeah, wild cards. yeah. Okay. So seventh seed, I don't care. Just, just get into the tournament and see if we can make some noise, if we can get hot at the right time, kind of like a baseball thing. Yeah, I I think the the baseball analogy is good there because like with baseball, you just want to punch your ticket to the playoffs, right? You get in there, you never know what can happen. Yeah, I, I kind of feel like the Chiefs are also at that scenario where we're count the point where it's just you kind of need to punch your ticket somehow to get mm-hmm. into the playoffs, and then who knows what can happen. And it's still like the ceiling on this team is still the Super Bowl. Well, hold on now. It's, I said it wasn't earlier. <laughs> I just I just don't think there's a very clear path to it. Okay. It's just like everything would have to go right. And this, honestly, like, do you remember? You might not, but like, there were years when the Patriots or the Packers um, would go on the road and win every game they needed to in the playoffs to the Super Bowl. So like, if you've got an elite quarterback, I think that's that's on the table for you to to win on the road, be road warriors all the way to the Super Bowl. Yeah. Even if you're not the one seed or whatever. Yeah. Actually, never mind. The Patriots always win the division. Not this year. <laughs> no, not this year. <laughs> not not this year. But they weren't always the number one seed. Um, and that would be kind of new because the Chiefs have been kind of, I mean, they've, they've had three straight AFC championships at Arrowhead, which is wild to think about, really. Uh, but that, like, the AFC championship at Arrowhead, that's not happening this year. I don't really see any way for that to happen this year. Um, Unless the Baltimore Ravens get, Baltimore Ravens get you know, knocked out early on again, something like that. It, it's extremely unlikely. Uh, so I think we're our, like our our new identity needs to be like scrappy road warrior team, which is good because I, I you all made fun of me for this take earlier. I actually think the Chiefs play better on the road. You, you we better hope so. <laughs> they have a better record on the road this year. All right. Yeah. I think that's about as positive as I can get as I can get right now. So yeah, in my mind, Super Bowl still in play. First seed probably not in play. No. Got to figure some stuff out, but I'm not throwing the towel on the season. I wanted to talk about that because, man, I saw some, like, Sunday night on Chiefs Twitter was a sad, sad just place to be. Burning it down. Just a desolate wasteland of bad <laughs> takes. Um, yeah, it feels like a gardener that just doesn't come around for a couple of weeks and the weeds are just growing up. These bad takes are just, like, all over the place. Mm-hmm. I saw people talking about how it's, it's time to start tanking this season, and I'm not even sure if they were joking or not. Um, I saw takes that we need to like fire Andy Reid. Yes, that's a fun one. People were just all been, over the place. It's been a little while since that one. Yeah, it's been a while. So I I think it's still in play. the The sky is not falling, but there's some cracks. Now here's okay. Here, where I'm at. Here's the thing. No, firing Reid is not that stupid. Firing Spagnolo, if the defense doesn't improve between now and the end of the season, we're we're on pace to be worse than 2018. Like old Bob can. I think that's on the table. Like, Spagnuolo's on notice. Yeah, I, th- I think that's fair. If, if you can't lift the, the performance of the defense to, like, near average, then why are you here? Same I thing. I feel like his seat is pretty warm. Yeah. Right now. Yeah. Not, like, uncomfortably warm, but noticeably. Like, hey, does this car have, like, a seat heater? Because my yeah. butt's pretty hot right it's now. It's kind of like whenever you, you, you think you can handle the hottest seat heater in the car, but then you realize pretty quickly that you can't. Yep. Three and bars. You, you really need to go ahead and notch not so bad. You get a bit sweaty. Yeah, yeah. I don't. Maybe we shouldn't have gone too far. Down He's getting. Deep, but I, 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 I'm basically getting a little bit, a little bit of swamp going right now. 
little swampy. All right, yeah. yeah. Spags is swampy. That's our take. <laughs> okay, mm-hmm. one last thing before we go, and I'll let you, you know, say goodbye or whatever, but I just want to point out our next three games, if I may, real quick. Mm-hmm. Mr. Optimism over here. Go for it. Gotta pull up. Okay. Chiefs' next three games mm-hmm. Washington Footballs, Tennessee Titans, New York Giants. Yeah, I mean, that feels like a get right stretch. Those are three very winnable, and I would argue must win games for us. Yeah. Um, uh, following is a list of teams that I do not believe the Chiefs are capable of losing to uh, Jacksonville Jaguars. Tennessee Titans. That's it. So, I mean, the Chiefs really, honestly, better focus on the footballs because if they come out there and sleepwalk, they could be beat by them. They really could. Taylor Heineke, he's got moxie. Yeah. I mean, we joke about, you know, one game at a time. You can only play the team that's on your schedule, you know. But this is this is the time of the year to be like, let's focus on one team. Let's not think about the Super Bowl. Ain't nobody talking about the playoffs. Just playoffs. Just, just beat just beat the footballs. Playoffs. All I care about is, is beat the footballs. <laughs> That's all I want. Yep. One week at a time. Yeah. I'll, I'll just, after that we've got Packers, Raiders, Cowboys, so I just want to feel good for a week, you know? Just want to win one? Just want to win one. Yeah. It'd be nice. Alright, uh, that's all we have time for. Yeah. Any last words for the people? Yeah, if you made it through this uh, this slog of, of negativity, um hopefully you were able to commiserate. Um, we will have a preview podcast up either Thursday night or Friday morning, as the case may be. Uh, better times ahead for the Chiefs, I believe. I really do. Yeah. As, as pessimistic as I've been this week, I think uh, I think the air is pointing up. All right. Thanks for listening. Uh, we will see you later. People talking without speaking. People hearing without listening. People writing songs. That voices never shared. No one did. Just turn the sound of silence. Who said I do not know? Silence like a cancer grows. Hear my words that I might teach you. Take my arms that I might reach you. But my words, like silent raindrops, fell. Echoing the world of silence. And the people bow and pray to the young God they made. And the sun flashed out its warning. In the words that it was for me, and the sign said the words of the prophets are written on the subway walls. The town and home, the spring, the sound of silence. Thanks for listening to another episode of Chiefs Bros. Subscribe to the show on iTunes and follow us on Twitter at Chiefs Bros. We'll talk to you later.